Welcome, friends, to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder. I'm Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. And we thank you for joining us as we just sit down and start to discuss the topics of the day. This in particular one, Megan, we're going to be talking about COVID. Yep. We're going there because we just can't get away from it. And so it's starting to impact things so significantly. Well, starting. It's been impacting things so significantly, but we're at a stage where things are really ramping up again. And, you know, when you first deal with something like back in March when it was new and and everything was, you know, we're just adjusting and, and in a way it's kind of unique. And so there's a novelty factor that I think kind of helps people deal with stuff a little bit. But then as it wears on, you know, it starts to be a bit of a bore or maybe, you know, or you're just really trying to get to the point where I'm just sick of this. And but then it kind of things lightened up a little bit over the summer. Things loosened up a little bit. But now it is hitting hard again regarding restrictions and debate and lockdowns, lockdowns and and now the vaccine topic is coming in that's going to be a huge point of discussion and i believe significant disagreement so we just once again (laughs) right so we just really felt like you know because we're so much um ordered on this program towards discussing the things that really profoundly impact our our relationships Relationships. right and this is a thing that's really really impacting us relationship wise um in addition to our own personal emotional health so we really wanted to just dive into some of these issues. Um, and so I think our focus, Pam, is going to be, you know, sort of touching on some of the big topics that are, you know, at the forefront right now. Like particularly, I think the vaccine we really do want to talk about and, and lockdowns a bit. But then we want to move it towards the second half of the program to what we call combating COVID fatigue. Right. So some practical ways that we can deal with the frustrations, deal with the anxieties, deal with the disagreements in healthy ways um, that will be ordered towards um, trying to maintain and let's be honest, try to restore <laughs> some peace right. in our lives because peace we're hearts. Yeah. Right. We're ordered towards that. So. I love the example that many times has been given about the blessed mother who um, at the time of Calvary was going through just excruciating sorrow and just everything outwardly was horrible But deep down, she had great peace in her heart. And why was that? Because she trusted in the Father's plan. So hopefully we're going to wrap up this one about, you know, just really putting our trust in Christ and finding that peace amidst the storm. Absolutely. Um, But it is a storm. You know, it is a storm of confusion and disagreement. In our last show, we talked a lot about um, there being a lack of um, clarity lack of consistency on things. And I don't think you can find any greater example of that being at play than the topic of COVID. I mean, because it just seems like it's so hard to find the truth Mm -hmm. about what's really going on. You know, we have all these numbers rising as far as case numbers, but there's so much um, just, testing that's happening where nobody, a lot of these people don't even have any symptoms or whatever, but testing's being required to get access to things and 
to be able to do certain things. Uh, you have to show that you have a negative test or something, which is then introduces this uh, false positive issue. Right. So you've got all that. So we don't even know what the real numbers are. What hospitalization rates, mortality rates, where are they in all of this? And well, well, Megan, and that's one thing like in my heart has eroded so much lack of trust because of the inconsistencies, the lack to be able to get a, a, a solid, this is what the truth is, and there's a across the board, this is what's going on. So the American people in general uh, have started to um, just distrust a lot of the authorities that we once put a lot of trust in. And and that in of itself is fatiguing as well. Because it's so sad. I mean, it's like right. you wake up and say, what? Right. You know, they don't have our best interests or doesn't seem like they do. And it's yeah. very, very divisive as well because some people may still believe um, everything that's being said uh, by certain outlets, let's say, not necessarily the news, but in um, – medical authorities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I think the the main sort of phrase that kind of characteristic of the age is I just don't know what to believe. Right. Mm. And when you're functioning out of that, out of that level of confusion, lack of trust, what you're going to do often is because that place of uncertainty is so difficult for humanity. We want Certainty. Like we feel comfortable when we have a place where we feel like is a secure, safe harbor that we can trust that then we can go out from. So if we're in a place where we feel confusion, we feel lack of trust, uncertainty, what we tend to do is just find something that we can attach to and say, well, okay, this is the thing I've decided I'm going to trust. And then because we know deep down that we've made this decision just because we need to trust something and not because it's actually trustworthy necessarily that we have real confidence in that. The weird thing about human nature is we tend to be more sort of vociferous and ardent in defending this thing that we've chosen because we need to justify it to ourselves. Mm. And so in order to justify it to ourselves, we want other people to ratify our decision. Exactly. And so what then you find in a time of confusion is this strange thing that happens of like almost violent polarization where people are so ordered towards defending their position because they they need to feel the certainty and, and the, justified and they need to feel justified. And so the way they can do that is to create consensus that can, agrees with it. And so I think that's what we're seeing. People are separating into their camps, right? They're separating into camps regarding um, what news outlet I trust or what, you know. There's not any of those what anymore. <laughs> ex yeah, or what expert I'm going to follow or mm -hmm. what um, ideology I'm going to fit myself into. And that's going to happen. We can't stop that. that. I think that's something that we need to just be honest about. That is human nature. And it can't be stopped. What we can do then is discuss how to function in that reality in a healthy way. Right. Well, you know, Megan, I really think that we should talk about uh, 
some of the more difficulties that have really with the friendships that have evolved mm-hmm. during this year. As I, I was saying, uh, as we were preparing for this show, I have some friends that I dearly, dearly love. We've been so on the same page, beautiful Catholic couple, just amazing. Uh, but we have such different opinions on the level of, of, of I don't know if you could say fear, like the, the mask wearing and, and not being in public places. Like, um, I guess I don't know if it's because I've had COVID or I am just, I don't know why I don't have the fear. I can't say why. Um, but these, these particular friends have a great deal of fear. And so we literally really haven't been hanging out, definitely not hanging out together because of COVID and then definitely not having more discussions about it because we're so divided mm-hmm. on, um, what the right thing to do is. And, and I think the, the right thing to do that I've come, <laughs> come away with is to respect everyone's decisions for their self. Like I really respect that that's what's best for them. If that's their personal choice and the personal responsibility to to not go in public places to wear their mask, you know, at times in the car as well if that's what that makes them feel comfortable and well, that is their personal choice and I do respect that. Um, but I'm asking for that same respect of someone who doesn't wear a mask in my car mm-hmm. or when I'm on a, a run or something like that. Not that I run. I actually just walk. So. <laughs> Let me clarify that. It's not a really good, but it's not accurate. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? It's, it's really it's been tough um, because I don't hang out with all the friends I did before. And, and it's it's really kind of sad. And I've had a grieving about that. Um, that's what God has called us to in this in this year. Um I believe that he he's allowed it, and how do we process it? And that's that'll be part of what we're mm-hmm. talking about. What how do we integrate it into into virtue? How do we turn this into virtue? Because right. we know we are not made for this world. We're made for the next to be again with our with our King and and to to sit with the beatific vision. So, folks, you know this world is is all about dying. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things that you're really getting at when you were talking about how you're relating to your friends and having differences of opinion and allowing that um, is something that I think that we maybe need to let go of that's very hard for people to let go of, especially when they're in this state where they really, really want people to agree with them because they need it for their own validation of their, you know, that they've made a right decision to which path to follow. Um, It's so common to our desires to want to convince other people that the, our thinking is correct. Um, even, even when we're not in such confusing times that that is a tendency to, to want to bring people to unity. I mean, we desire unity as generally Always, as yeah. human beings. Um, and so in order to achieve that, we often, if we feel have very strong convictions about something, we want to convince somebody to agree with us so that we can then be united in that. But in times like these, where um, it's very difficult to know what truth is regarding things like medical statistics and uh, you know, how bad is this disease really? And, and going from anecdotal evidence to actual, you know, more scientific study evidence and all these sort of things. There's so many factors involved. I think one of the things that really is necessary in order to deal with this is we need to start letting go 
of the idea that we need to convince people of our point of view and allow what you're saying, just allow others to have a difference of opinion and not go that ugly place that starts, you know, delegitimizing the person as not smart or callous or any of these negative things that can happen uh, when we try to, you know, make ourselves feel better about the fact that we aren't convincing somebody like just let it be Um, a, a certain surrender to the reality that we're not going to agree on some things right now. Um, I think would be very helpful. Right. I, I can give a little, I've, I've talked about this once before when we did the one, the personal experience of COVID, but I think it really warrants kind of telling this anecdotal part of it again was um, I, uh, I was post COVID for like three weeks. So, you know, high immunities at that point. And my sister did not want me to travel with them in the car because of my aging parents. And I just really tried. I sent her video after video trying to convince her it was okay. Again, this because I wanted to be with them. And at the end of the day, I was had to realize, look, her fear is is really big and real to her. And I need to respect that fear. And, and what really kind of convinced me of that is like the real fear I have in the car when Paul Marvin, my husband, is driving. They don't understand it. The kids don't understand it. He doesn't understand that fear. But he horrifies me. And no one else <laughs> understands that. But it's a very real fear. So I can use that analogy, too. Like people's fears are very real and we can respect their fears. Right. But on the other hand, I, I want them to uh, respect our lack of fear as well. Right. I think another thing that you brought up in that story, which is really important, is when we're trying to convince other people of to agree with our point of view, sometimes beneath that, there is a really beautiful holy desire, which is in your in your story that you just gave. You wanted to be with your sister. You wanted to see her. You wanted to spend time with her. And if we can go from that place of trying to convince the other person because we want to achieve that, that end. If we could just acknowledge the desire, it would be so healthy compared to starting with the convincing, right? Right. You could say, Oh, I wish that we could come together on this topic because I want to be with you. I miss you. I am motivated in my desire to spend time with you that this is why it's so meaningful to me that I would hope that you would see things the same way. And so even if you don't end up seeing the same th- things the same way, the person can maybe have like a better feeling about you knowing the true motivations of your heart. It's not just that you want to be right. Exactly. It's that you want to achieve the unity of togetherness. Oh, so true, Megan. And isn't that what we all desire? You know, the unity. You're talking about that as well. Yeah. That unity with Christ, you know, one another. That's why we do right. shoulder to exactly. shoulder. Exactly. That's what this show is all about, yeah. is, is trying to create unity in relationships in which when you have relationships that are ordered towards being uni- unified um, in a more one-to-one the more you build those kind of relationships and the more community becomes unified as well. Yes. And so I do want to talk about very specifically 
um, I think that's something that's coming that's going to be a real challenge mm -hmm. on this unity front. You know, we had the masks and that that argument was was hot for a while. And I think it's kind of playing itself out a certain way and, and people are falling into camps a little. But I think I do feel that people are getting a little more comfortable with, you know, allowing people to be a mask wearer or a not mask wearer. But this topic of the vaccine that is now really emerging as um, quite uh imminent right that it's going to be available uh at least at least for very high risk populations and first responders quite soon but not long after that for a more general populace and i really pam see this as it's going to be a significant divider um and i will speak to my own experience where you know i've talked to people regarding the issue of the mask and i said you know look i am I have some very strong opinions about the negative impact of wearing the mask uh, from a psychological and emotional standpoint, and I, and even a theological standpoint. We did two shows about it, right. so if you want to go back in the archives and look at listen to the two shows about masks, please do. Yes, and just just take note at this point in the year when we've been wearing for so long, you know it too in your heart, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you are feeling the the repercussion of doing it, the lack of the smiles, the lack of the uh, interaction. Right. So yes, it, and I also it's think we're, we're also seeing that I also have a very strong opinion, having read a number of studies on it, that mask wearing the way we do it, which is masks that aren't really very effective at all, you know, fabric masks, masks that people don't wash a lot and all this sort of stuff are actually not effective. And we're seeing how, you know, there's a lot of mask wearing going on and yet we're still spiking that you wouldn't expect with the level of mask wearing. So, okay. But I do think that, you know, we've kind of been living with that issue. And so it's calmed down a little bit. But the vaccine and the vaccine issue is kind of new. But I when I was talking about the mask issue, I said, look, I have some strong opinions about this, but this isn't the hill I'm going to die on. Mm. Like I it's not a line I'm not willing to cross. Like So, for example, some stores literally have a person outside and you, they won't let you in if you don't wear a mask. If I really want to shop at that store, I will wear the mask. I'll put it on. Uh, you know, I make that choice that because my desire to shop at the store is such that I'm willing to put the mask on. But for me at this point, the vaccine is a line in the sand. I'm not willing to cross that, that line right now for me and my family. And so I think that there are probably many other people who feel more strongly about the vaccine than they did about the mask wearing. So it has the potential to be an even more divisive issue yes. than the mask wearing has been. Right. Yeah, I mean, just think, just kind of a lighter note. Uh, I mean, Dennis and Megan both really laughed at me when I said, well, look, we don't even ask people if they've had the flu shot or not. It's just a personal decision. And and this is my little rose-colored glasses wanting this vaccine to be the same way. You don't even know if people have it or not. It's their personal choice and their decision. Is is it something they want to do? But I got a <laughs> yeah. laughed at on that one. <laughs> my response to Pam was, what fantasy world are you living in right now? Because... Oh. Um, you know, already there have been um, entities that are putting out uh, statements that say they're going to be requiring uh, documentation that you have the vaccine or a, a negative COVID test within so many days. I think Ticketmaster is one that came out recently that said in order yeah. to, you know, attend events that you're going to have to have this. And so 
Um, the vaccine issue is going to be something that is going to, in a more significant way, I think, going forward, impact your ability to freely live life. And so that raises the stakes um, significantly. And when the stakes are raised, the emotions are higher, the passions are higher, and therefore the the um, possibility for uh, conflict yeah. is yeah. is raised. And I think this is your, we're going to find this um, is going to become an issue within families. I mean, even like households between husbands and wives, mm. adult children and, and parents. Uh, so I think we want to look ahead at that and, and really start planning for how we're going to respond to that issue and how we're going to navigate that in our relationships, because it's best not to get caught off guard by stuff, right? Right. And we also want to just really clarify that Megan and I both have a lot of respect for personal dignity and choices that you make, especially when it comes to this topic of vaccines. You may think that this is wonderful and a great thing to do, um, and we respect you for that opinion. But we also want you to respect the other side of that, which is some people are going to not want to 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 partake in this vaccine. Right. I think it's, you know, since I said, um, you know, I've acknowledged that for me, it's a line in the sand right now that I'm not willing to cross. I, I think it's only gracious for me to explain why. Um, because I know there's a lot of reasons out there that people have that they, you know, potentially wouldn't want to get it. And so I'll just share my own personal reasons and, and, and any listener is free to agree or disagree. Um, and then I'll share mine. Yeah, please. Absolutely. And so basically this is my situation. You know, as, as we've spoken before, I do have a medical background. Um, I am an MD who trained in pediatrics. And so the topic of vaccines, obviously it was a big deal in my training in pediatrics because vaccines, you know, the vast majority of them you get as children. I am not an anti-vaxxer by any stretch of the imagination. As it relates to vaccines like measles, mumps, rubella, polio, diphtheria, pertussis, tetanus, all of those, I was always uh, an advocate for them. I got all my children have all their vaccines as it relates to those very serious diseases, very proven, safe immunizations to a large degree. I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who are concerned that there are side effects that cause autism and stuff like that. I looked at the science. It, in, from what I could tell, it does not support that. And the diseases are serious to the point where even if there are some risks of side effects, I feel the vaccines are worth it. And that's right. the point that I want to make. Well, I want to also say, though, that since all the ones you mentioned, they've added so many more and it's starting to get grayer, which then right. clouds these really good ones at perhaps right. one time. Yeah, true, true. I think the real, the important point to make with a vaccine, any kind of vaccine, is anything like that is going to have some potential for negative side effects. It's any drug has potential for negative side effects. Any medical procedure, surgery, all of these things Relationships. that we do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, any so it's always a, a process of discernment as to whether the benefit of any 
medical intervention is worth the risk, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, yes. So as it relates to the COVID vaccine, I not only was, you know, trained in medicine and in pediatrics, but after I decided I didn't want to practice, I went to work for a biotech company. So I have the uh, also the um, experience of knowing what it takes to get a drug to market. The process involved, I was involved um, when I worked for the biotech company that I worked for, I was involved in setting up clinical trials at doctor's offices for phase three um you know, studies to get approval, FDA approval for these drugs. And so I know the process. I know what it looks like. I know the safety measures that are in place. And what I have seen with the COVID vaccine, because of the huge political pressure to get a vaccine to market as soon as possible, they have rushed that process to an unprecedented degree. Such that, in my opinion, this is my opinion, take it for what it is, I do not feel that the risk of possible side effects is worth the benefit of COVID protection because we have not had ample time to really see the possibility of negative side effects. That's my main issue. When you have a disease that has, for my demographic and the demographic of my children, a less than 0.0, like 2% mortality rate and a very, very low uh, morbidity rate, which means like negative outcomes, uh, not necessarily death, but just like long-term issues. When those things are so low... It is not worth the risk to my health and to my children's health to get this vaccine. And when you add in the confusion regarding whether fetal cells have been used in the production of the vaccine, that sort of thing, that just that for me, that's secondary to the it's not secondary in the sense it's not important, but I also believe I just feel like right now there's so much confusion and so much lack of clarity that I can have no sense of knowing for sure on that point, um, if I knew for sure, that would be a total deal breaker without anything else. So there's that. But but this safety issue is real to me and significant to me. And so I just don't feel comfortable. And I'm willing to deal with the fact that if governments place um, restrictions on people for not getting it. Or mandates or, to get yeah, it. Or mandates to get it. I am not willing to comply. Right. So what I'm hearing here, folks, I just want to make really clear is you can see how Megan has made these um, conclusions for herself and her family. And these are her conclusions, which many of us are kind of concluding the same thing. For me personally, I, I've i had the COVID. Um, I want to believe, we don't know for sure, that I'm going to have a certain level of antibodies for it. Um, I'm actually thinking about getting tested in January, six months later, to see if they're still there, um, to see if I really even need it. But again, you can hear she had a very measured um, approach to seeing, is the risk worth the illness? And I think that is one of your main points, um, which is very good. I mean, that's a very good point. I personally um, 
for kind of reasons just said, since I've already had COVID and, and in my heart, I think I have some immunity to it. I don't I don't see the need for it personally. And I will say that um, I as far as the like being a non-vaxxer, I'm I'm just a real middle of the road. I want to take each vaccine um into consideration on its own merits to see whether the the risks are worth it, you know. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that's fascinating in my time as a mom, I you know I have a six year gap between my third child and my fourth child, and by the time number number four and five child came along, they had added some more mandatory vaccinations, one of them being the, the chicken po- the chickenpox vaccine, which my other children had had it. So we have that natural built-in immunity now. And the fact that they made it mandatory, I was scratching my head over for one because we'd survived it. I know there's a risk with that a risk that I would be willing to take for my kids to have chicken pox. We'd done that. Um, so I was really scratching my head over making it mandatory um, this time around. And I, I, I it didn't have an answer. I still had to do it just for my kids to attend school. Mm-hmm. Wasn't very happy about it. So again, I am more, I want to look at the vaccine itself. What are the benefits and what are the risks per se? But again, we'll be doing this with the uh, the COVID vaccine. Yeah. I mean, I think we're on the same page yeah. because some of these newer vaccines, like for example, the Gardasil vaccine, right. I didn't get that for my kids. I Me just either. didn't feel like, I mean, I understand fully the um, connection between uh the virus that it counteracts and um, cervical cancer. I didn't know the numbers there. and right. I just didn't feel like the potential risks were worth it for right. my children. And then, then I feel actually um, fine with the meningitis one, you know? That's oh, yeah. One. Well, and that, and that <laughs> speaks I'm, I'm to... I'm okay with that. Right. That speaks to the severity of that disease. Yes. If you get pneumococcal meningitis, you, a young person is at serious risk of death. I mean, so when you have something that's that serious, like you are willing to take more risks of the vaccine Mm -hmm. to present, prevent the disease. For example, if COVID had a mortality rate of 15%, my, you know, Mm -hmm. for young people from people, my age or my children's age, like my decision to take the vaccine would be different probably than what we're dealing with right here. So it's, What I want to encourage listeners to do is to try to avoid making an emotional decision about this topic and really look at the data, look at the truth to the the level that we can learn it, because that's all you can be responsible for. Right. Right. What the information that you can glean, try to find good sources, try to listen to people who you respect that have have a proven track record of being truthful, being um, well-informed and things like that, and then make your decision based on those things. But I think right right now there's so much heightened emotion and so much casting of sort of, you know, conclusions about a person's moral fiber as it relates to these things, as opposed to making rational decisions based on the data that exists. Right. So what what I'm hearing Megan say is... Do your research, look into it, 
we are individuals. Let's just take the family itself. Um, I will say, do your research, look at everything, weigh it. And I usually always coach uh, parents to, to pray about it and also take it to the Lord if this is something that's good for their family. So mm-hmm. we have both a physical aspect and a spiritual aspect when to discerning whether this is something that we want to do for our families. Right. And I would also say, you know, don't take for granted that a government should have the right to tell you you have to do something physically to your body, like in the medical realm, because they say so. Like this idea that that government has that level of control over your physical existence I think it's something we need to really question and not just take that for granted as as a truth because that's a real slippery slope. It is, indeed. and I'm a slippery slope. I don't really want to start sliding right. down personally, right. and I think the level of fear that has been fomented regarding this disease has led to a, an erosion of proper skepticism regarding the. Um, shall we say, powers of government and the level of power of government should have over our lives. And if we are not given the right to make informed, rational decisions for our own health and the health of our family, well, that's a real problem. Right. So we're looking at personal responsibility when it comes to this bigger picture of COVID and this COVID COVID vaccine and this COVID fatigue. And so in this last five minutes or so, Megan, let's just talk about what we're doing to combat this COVID fatigue to bring back some peace of heart during all this time. Do you have one, some, I have like one or two things I could say. Well, I think um, one of the most important things is it's so easy to get drawn in to this, you know, whirlpool of fear and negativity, negativity and, and distrust and, and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and it's really important to try to keep one's eyes on the eternal and not the temporal. Mm-hmm. So if As Christians, our whole focus is this world is not our home. I am on a journey towards heaven and my eyes are on Christ. That is, I think, the number one way to battle it. Because just like the, you know, when the apostles are in the boat with Jesus and there's the storm and they're freaking out. Well, actually, no, let's talk about when he's not there. He's not there. They're freaking out. And then... Jesus comes walking across the water, right? And Peter sees him and he's like all excited. And so he's like, Lord, call me to come to you. And Jesus says, come, right? So Peter then walks out on the water. There is storm and waves and wind and rain. And Peter is looking at Jesus Christ and trusting him and walking towards him on the water. And then in in scripture, what it says is, Then Peter noticed the waves and the wind and he started to sink. When you feel you're starting to sink in this mess of COVID fear, it probably is an indicator that you've taken your eyes off the Lord. So for me to go to mass, 
stare at Christ in the blessed sacrament as it's raised and keep that vision in my heart and in my mind during times that I feel anxious or frustrated or angry and just remember that Christ is there in the storm. Keep my eyes on him and that will keep me above the waves. It's so true. You know, maybe the only other thing that I could really add to that, beautifully put, keeping your eyes on Christ. But I found recently when I am with people who really share, uh, I call it hitting on all cylinders, mm-hmm. like much like yourself, you know, <laughs> I'm so thankful for you. Uh, but when I'm with people like you and Dennis and other friends that I have in my circles where we just really line up with our faith in God and where we stand in a lot of these issues, there is a peace and a relaxation that I feel with that. I also want to say that I we have um, this little Catholic uh, supper club that I go to and we've postponed it for, you know, all this year until last weekend. And I was so joyful. I do think that I uh, got a little misty eyed, which, you know, if you know me, that's not very hard. I got a little misty eyed over being with people that uh, love the Lord and wanted to be together and have that kind of camaraderie and unity during this time of the storm that we're in. So, you know, make sure you're finding your people, be with your people that support you, um, that are like-minded. So that division is not so obvious like it is most of the time when you're outside and just doing life. Um, Find your people that support you in your faith and in your beliefs. Yes. And I would encourage um, our listeners that when they do do that, try to make very intentional efforts to not talk about this stuff. Sometimes when we get together with like-minded people, it because it is so nice to know that you're like-minded and that you can speak your mind and that you can be honest and open and you're not going to be attacked for it or there's not going to be this whole bunch of things. Sometimes it's easy when you get with those folks to just, you know, rail on the other side, right? Or just to vent your frustrations and everything. And, and that's necessary sometimes. Sometimes you just really do need to vent. But we really need to be intentional about building in to our social times, real recreation, like real joyful things. Like let's, let's just not talk about that stuff for a while. Let's talk about the things that we're excited about. Like the things our kids are doing that we're, we're happy about, or let's look at scripture together and and think about all the goodness that the Lord has done for us. And really, but sometimes in times like these, it really has to be intentional. Like when you get together with those people, say you get together with your, you know, your best girlfriend and you're going to have coffee and, you know, you're going to spend some time in conversation to actually like, let's make a pact. Let's, let's keep this conversation about the good, the beautiful, the holy. Let's really infuse the moment that we have together with those things that are of the Lord um, so that we can have some downtime from it all because we need to come to places where we can just forget about that for a little bit. Yeah. I have to say that that's exactly what happened. Paul and I were talking before we arrived at the supper club and says, you you think politics are going to come up? And I said, well, we're not going to bring it up. And I want you to know, we did not talk about politics. We did not talk about it. We really were sharing in each other's joy and our sorrows. 
Uh, we prayed together as a group. It was really beautiful for the different intentions that we have. And see, those are my people, people that want to keep them on the positive side, like you said. And it just didn't even come up because we were all so joyful just to be with one another and, and share in each other's joy. Mm-hmm. And I think prayer is a beautiful thing to bring into it all. You, you know, this obviously it's the number one way to keep your eyes on Christ is to pray and then to pray with others. You know, the, the Lord has given us a promise that where two or more are gathered, he's there. And so take advantage of those opportunities to pray together and, you know, pray for our world, pray for um, the church, the church uh, pray for your families. Uh, pray for those areas where you are feeling and experiencing significant anxiety or division in your lives. Nation. You know, yeah. So bring that to the Lord and he will be in it. And then ask for the grace of trust to yeah. that trust that no matter what's going on, no matter how frightening or confusing it may be, that he's in it. He's That's in right. it. He's not separate from it. It's not happening in spite of God. He is in it and he can bring profound good out of anything if we just give him the reins my peace i leave with you he said i think that's a great place to wrap it up today he says my peace i leave with you my peace i give to you Mm. so let us open our minds and our hearts to the peace of christ that he longs to give us there are oceans of grace that are just waiting for us in these times. And the more frightened we are, the more uh, in anxiety we are, the more he wants to give us. So let's just turn it all over to him, trust in the Lord and move forward in faith and confidence. Find your people. And find your people and walk shoulder to shoulder with them. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We hope that you were blessed by our conversation. Um, If you were, we would ask you to please share it so that some more people can get in on the conversation. And until next time, God bless.